Welcome to our Christianity A to Z podcast. We are on the letter O. We're going to be having a think about the ordinances today, and uh, we'll get into what that means in just a moment. But uh, welcome from us. I'm here with Ben Reid. Hello. And with Pete Woodcock. Hello. I'm Tom Sweetman. We're pastors at Cornerstone Church in Kingston. And uh, uh, if this is your first time tuning into one of these, welcome. Uh, You've got a whole rich back catalogue to enjoy. And uh, there are also plenty of other resources on our website, cornerstonechurchkingston.org social media and YouTube channels. So uh, if it is your first time listening, then we, we like to always begin with a reading from the Bible and then begin to unpack the doctrine. And Pete's going to share a passage with us. Yeah, so really we're talking about um, baptism and um, the Lord's Supper, mm-hmm. and they're the two ordinances. And and you may well get them in this passage. Uh, I, I'm a little... I'm, <laughs> I, I, but I'll, I'll, read, I'll read it anyway. It's from uh, the end of uh, Acts chapter 2. So Peter's stood up. It's been Pentecost, the Holy Spirit's come, he's preached the gospel uh, to really all the nations and uh, uh, loads have believed. And right at the end of his sermon, it says in verse 38, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and for your children and all who are far off. Uh, for all whom the Lord, our God, will call. And then it says uh, they were baptized, many of them, and then it goes on with verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Uh, And then again it goes on. And so that the breaking of bread there, uh, I think, is probably just ordinarily eating together in fellowship. But I think the thing about um, the Lord's Supper is, is is in the context of sharing in church and um, and eating together. So I think you can sort of place mm-hmm. uh, the Lord's Supper there as well. So you've got baptism and mm-hmm. the Lord's Supper. Mm-hmm. Great. And I think one of the things we see here, I mean, we, we've chosen a passage which which we think or we hope kind of marries both of these ordinances together, baptism and the Lord's Supper. Um, and I Perhaps the first place to start here is to say that um, both baptism and the Lord's Supper are are fundamentally reminders, aren't they, of God's gracious initiative towards his people in saving them. And they are a a tangible um, experience, if you like, of his promises. So uh, that's what they are. It's not it's not just, um, you know, baptism, the Lord's Supper. It's something that religious people like to do to make themselves feel better. It is a pointer to things that God has already done and to God's grace and God's work in people's in people's lives. And uh, that's why the word ordinances is quite good, isn't it? Because it reminds us that these are things ordained, things commanded for the church and reminders, reminders of, of what God has done. Yeah. So and, as you say, commanded, not as a thing in and of themselves in mm. one sense, but a thing to remind you of something mm. that's happened. Yeah, absolutely. Which is um, classic Yahweh. If you if you read through the Old Testament, he is constantly telling his people to do things uh, year after year, um, sort of festivals, celebrations, reminders, to um, remind the people because we're so forgetful mm. and we're so short-sighted mm. that we barely know our own history. Mm. Um, you know, he, he constantly had to refer to himself as the the God of um, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, you know, th- your forefathers, I was their God. Mm. And I'm the God who brought you out of Egypt, remember. Mm. And, uh, you know, the Passover will be a, a meal that you remember year after year. So mm. it's something that God does for our benefit that we would remember, because um, mm. otherwise we'd mm. we'd forget. Mm. And you, as you say, you get that in the 
whole Old Testament sort of calendar, don't you? If you mm. go to Leviticus, you've got these mm. things that came round again and again, sacrifices, yep. Day of Atonement, that stuff to yeah, remind you of these things. And then you uh, that you get these Ebenezers. <laughs> I know people think that's something to do with Christmas and Scrooge, but the Ebenezer comes from a reminder, isn't it? They put stones up to remind mm -hmm. them that God mm -hmm. had done something here. Yep. But it wasn't to worship the stone, and yeah. it wasn't that you got anything in one sense, sort of magical or godly from the stone. The mm -hmm. stone was a signpost saying yeah. that that way, look mm -hmm. at that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I think it's worth, because this is a topic and a doctrine which the church has been falling out and disagreeing about for, for centuries, really. But um, in, in many ways, that is a real shame because the, the baptism and the Lord's Supper are... They are wonderful reminders uh, of what God has done for us, aren't they? And, um, you know, you think about a baptism. You know, we've all seen people baptised. And it is, it's hard to think of a more delightful occasion in the church calendar mm. than a baptism. When, when someone um, has genuinely come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as their saviour, they've known themselves to be sinners, they've repented, they've found forgiveness, they're celebrating the new life they have in Christ. And there's this dramatic visual demonstration that they are now united with Christ, dead to the old life, rising again, washed clean as it were, and all of the church is gathered around, clapping them on, and it just, everything about it says God has done something wonderful mm. here. Mm. Um, and, you know, with the Lord's Supper again, you know, we, we get together as a church family, we remember, uh, and it keeps, it's God's kindness to us, because it keeps the gospel in our bloodstream, doesn't it, these things, that we take the bread and the, the juice, the wine, we remember Christ's sacrifice for us on the cross, the unity that God has won for us. Uh, we remember that he's going to come again. That's what Paul says. Every time you take this, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And so these are great celebrations of God's stunning work in our mm. lives. And, you know, like some of the other doctrines we've talked about, um, that they might be described sometimes as, uh, you know, secondary issues. You know, there are primary gospel issues and secondary issues. Um, and, and there's a sense in which, of course, you know, you can you can enjoy fellowship with Christians who might believe slightly different things about these, but um, we should I think we should be slow to call them just secondary issues all mm. the time because look at the sort of words mm. that surround them in Acts two: repent, um, Jesus Christ, forgiveness of sins, gift of the Holy Spirit, promise. So the word baptism is tied up with these massively important mm. categories yeah. of forgiveness and new life and Christ and the Holy Spirit, and so. Yes, we can fellowship, of course, with those who may have a slightly different view of it, but um, we mustn't sort of relegate them to the position of just, do you prefer the guitar or the drums? You know, these yeah. are big things, aren't they, yeah. in the church? Mm. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And, and um, so going back to sort of arguments in churches, we, we I don't like the word sacrament. Some people call these sacraments. Mm. And, and, you know, the, Catholic, the Roman Catholics have seven sacraments don't they and a sacrament uh, it, it means it's a sacred thing I, I guess it's come from the word sacred and um, that they, they 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 are infused with grace so it those sacraments it's almost as if Christ isn't enough hmm. and what Christ has done and what he is doing and you know who he is isn't enough you have to have these seven other things hmm. Um, that that bring grace with them, whereas I think we would much more tend toward 
uh, these are just ordinary, you know, the water in baptism is, for us, Thames, yeah, Thames water. Yeah. <laughs> it's been through people nine times. Mm. <laughs> it's uh, full of chlorine. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's nothing magical or special yeah. about that water. Um, and in a sense, there's nothing magical or special about the event other than what it stands for. Mm. Uh, I mean, we baptise, you know, fully, full immersion, as we call it, you know, go under, as you said, dying with Christ, uh, pulling out again, rising with Christ, as, as it says in Romans 6, I think. Mm. Um, and then and then, then the juice that we use um, and the bread, you know, we, we have, in, my, in many ways, non-bread. I'm not sure if you could call it bread. <laughs> because we want to include everyone, we have gluten-free, egg-free, dairy-free. <laughs> Um, because, because although, although that is an important principle, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Because we didn't want to exclude, for instance, your wife, Laura. Mm -hmm. We didn't want her to to take, not be able to take a separate com yeah. communion uh, together. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. we all said, let's have gluten free mm -hmm. or whatever it is free stuff. Mm -hmm. But that's just it is just a lump of bread. It's just the juice to remind us of wine, mm. to remind us of the blood of Christ. It doesn't become blood. Mm. It doesn't become the body. Mm. Uh, in itself, it's ordinary things mm. uh, that uh, that show an extraordinary God. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, you see that in Jesus' own words. He says, "You know, um, do this in remembrance of me." It's not. It's not anything. Do this to sanctify yourselves, or do this in addition. It's it's quite explicitly spelled out. Um, this is a this is an ordinance I'm giving you, so that you would remember. Um, there are lots of there are lots of different ways of receiving um, the Lord's Supper, aren't there? I mean, the church I grew up in at home, you sat in your chair, uh, and it came round to you. I know here at Cornerstone well, on its own. <laughs> it just sort of floated <laughs> around. Well, that that, that is amazing. an extraordinary yeah. sacrament. Yeah, that was an amazing, yeah. There was something of... mystical going on there. <laughs> um, but I've, I've done it here where we go up and sort of dip bread in a little bowl of juice and it's yeah, like soggy that. and disgusting. And um, I've, I've been to, I went, when I was in America, I went to an Episcopal church, um, Episcopalian church, and there, um, I had to go to the front and kneel down and put my hands out, and and the minister there would put it in your. Um, that that was quite powerful for me. Um, I guess because you, we get into habits of doing things, don't we? And a fresh expression of something is sometimes a good thing. Mm. Um, and I felt like in incredibly undeserving of it when I went up to the to that altar in America. Um, because there's a sense that, you know, when I was growing up as a teenager and I became a Christian when I was 14 and it was almost like it always came to me, uh, the body of Christ came to me and I sat there in my chair and I almost had the right to it and I was expecting it to come along. And then I went to this church where you had to go up and kneel down. It was very, um, humbling in a sense hmm. and quite for someone who's not used to doing that sort of thing, having to kneel and put your ha your empty hands out, uh, almost like a beggar was quite a powerful mm. um, moment for me to go actually I really don't I have no right to this at all mm. Mm. Uh, I am a beggar here mm. with nothing to offer the Lord Jesus Christ except you know asking for mercy mm. um, and that's 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 that is what it is in, in mm. the end isn't it it's mm. it's a great gift to yeah. us you know mm. um, it's a very yes, we're, we're, thing. I, I, I completely understand what you're saying Ben and I, I get that you know sometimes doing something differently and 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 your reading of that I think is right I mm. think the theology behind what that 
priest is doing, yeah, I think you would hate, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because because uh, and but but I get what you're saying, um, and I think that's right. Uh, but the priest, what's going on there is mm-hmm. you've got an altar, and it's almost as if Christ is being sacrificed again, yeah, and only the priest, and he shouldn't be called priest anyway because Jesus is priest. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can administrate that thing. You can't just have a an ordinary Christian giving that out. So yeah. I want to bash that theology, but yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's interesting. So when I grew up, I went to a church school and um, we used to have an assembly every month where it was, it was next to a church um, in Bristol and we used to all go in. There was a, over a thousand of us in the secondary school and it would always be a communion service we would have to go to. And uh, I mean, it was a massive operation. I don't know how many wafers we must have <laughs> went through, but the, Basically, every kid had to had had to take communion, and so you you know you would there was a there was an assembly, and then one by one, you know, pew after pew, you went up wafer juice, wafer juice, and um, although there was a kind of although it was a very big religious building, and there was a kind of religious form to it, none of the actual reality of it was explained, Mm. and so there was a a reverence in form, but an irreverence in reality because there wasn't a clarity about what actually are we remembering and you need to you know uh, you know um what's the word uh, paul uses examine yourself you know mm. to see if you are actually in the faith and and, yes. and should be participating well did you things. remember we we, we um, were doing something on the reformation and you were going to enact out um yes the the, the catholic um uh, mass, mass, yeah, uh, and uh, <laughs> uh, 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 for for young people just to show what it was like, yeah. And we went to uh, Westminster Cathedral, didn't yeah. we? To um, a Latin mass, a Latin, which is quite rare to find, yeah, it, which is illegal in this yeah. country, but they did it anyway. Uh, and the Baroque did it very badly, yeah. But it, it, there's, sp- but uh, there's a point where where Christ it physically is supposed to come down. Mm. Yeah, and we were sitting there, and he's he's just going on, you know, Domine, yeah, and he did, he was just sort of reading it badly, yeah, and nuns were walking around with Costa coffee, uh, (laughs) and and Christ is coming down, I know, yeah, and we're thinking, frightening, heck, we know this, yeah, and I'm not even a Catholic, or I don't even believe in what they're saying, but. We should be on our faces, yeah, shouldn't we? Yeah. yeah. So you're you're right. Is Christ coming yeah. down? Is that yes. into the bread? Yes, because he's re he's re sacrificed. And I think yeah. traditionally there's like a bell that rings. Yes, they did that ring a bell. That that's happened. Bing, bing. It's actually yeah, happened, yeah, yeah. Bing, 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 bing. Christ is, and there was nuns walking around with Costa coffee cups. Wow. Yeah. 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 Body, yeah. I mean, I, which I, is fair enough. I mean, I'm happy to have a cost of coffee because yeah. I don't believe that that's what's happening. Yeah. But but Luther, we, you know, you read the story of Luther when he took his first mass and he ha- he was sort of muddled on all, all that stuff, wasn't he? Um, and he 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 almost couldn't go through with it. Could he? I mean, he was so no. terrified no, because, and so yeah. because he sort of believed at that time at least that he was actually going to be holding. The body of Christ, and it was almost, you know, I think I can't remember the exact details, but I know it was anguish for him to yeah. to even think that he would be, which, if you believe that, yeah. should be exactly the response, shouldn't it? Yeah, but, but also, I um, mean, it's, a, it's interesting because if if their theology is that this is a re-sacrifice, wouldn't you be desperate to get the body of Christ in you because? I need to be purified from my sins again today. Uh, and that's the thing that's going to do it. Yeah. So yes. give it to me. But then you leave the building and without the body of Christ. Yeah. And, and you must mm. be, then you must be terrified leaving, yes. yeah. having swallowed that. Yeah. <laughs> then yeah, what yeah. do you do? No, yeah. 
So, it's so a, that that's what the difference yeah. between yeah. sacrament, yeah. because that because it's it's sort of happening. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas we're seeing it as a reminder of both past and, yeah. and future, yeah. or and what we are now. Yeah. I mean, that's what is going on there, and it's the same with baptism. It's you know we're dead in Christ, yeah. we're alive in Christ, and we will be yeah. uh, physically alive with Him in the new creation. So yeah. it's mm. always past, present, and mm. future, isn't mm. it? But not in the way that mm. they're they're doing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And and we, I mean, with these both these things, and we can perhaps go on to talk about how we do, you know, because I think how we practice these things, not that we're perfect, you know, it, on it in a sense, but it, it shows how, what we believe about it. So for us, the Lord's Supper, um, you know, we, we believe that belongs, you know, it's for the church family, isn't it? Like baptism, it's for the gathered people, mm-hmm. you know, it's for the church, um, because it reminds us of a, of a difference and yet a oneness. And we believe it belongs with the preaching of the word, don't we? So that actually as God's word is preached, you know, the Holy Spirit is convicting us, uh, leading us to repentance, leading us to Christ. And it's a way <laughs> of us uh, responding to or preparing for God speaking to us. So, um, you know, we don't have like if you look at some very old church buildings, they might have the altar in the middle and the pulpit off to one side. Mm. And that really tells you that the sacrament is the center point right. here and the altar is at one side. But, you know, I think after the Reformation, they, they some of them wanted to move the pulpit back above the table or, mm. or behind the table mm. mm-hmm. to show that, um, you know, when God's word is opened and preached, God is speaking, you know, this is the, this is the climax of the service, isn't it? The gathered mm. people under the word of God. And this is... You know, because our theology of the Lord's Supper comes from the Word of God, mm. so it must, it must be Super our understanding. Yeah, it comes from it, and so we, you know, that's how we do it. We believe it's for the church, um, with the Word, and for believers, don't we? So mm. we, we we do often say something like when mm. we're leading, um, "This is a meal for believers." You know, if you're not part of this church, but you are a repentant um, uh, person who is trusting Jesus, then you're welcome to share. If you're not, then we would like to encourage you just to consider where you stand with the Lord, reflect on the things you've heard, but just to let it pass, let it pass by. So we try to what is often called sort of fence the table, yeah. which means we want to just make it clear to people that this isn't just a religious thing and you can take it whatever the heck you think. You yeah. know, this is something special for the Lord's people. Um, mm. So that's how that's how we do that. What about baptism? Oh, sorry. Well, so I was just going to go on to that because yeah. that because there we can have loads of differences. Yeah. So our sort of fencing of the table in our mm. church is is is, a, is a, with a, with a lighter touch than yeah. some, and I don't you know I, I completely understand. So you know some people would interview a guest mm. and say to make sure that they are a Christian before they take mm. the, the, the Lord's Supper. And I, that's fine. Mm. Uh, we we tend to be a little bit you know we, we we put it out. It's 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 not it's not sort of my job. Um, it's 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 over to you. It's mm. it's saying, look, don't take this if mm-hmm. you're not. But I, mm. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bash into your conscience. You've mm. got to sort that out yourself. So we tend to, mm. and and we can be really different on mm. that. And the mm. church is, and it looks all very different, mm. and, and it's fine. Mm. That that to mm. me is not something I would want yeah. to um, worry too much about. Yeah, because yeah. the unit, the true unity of the church doesn't lie in whether we eat the same piece of bread at the same time and no one else is is we, we are a united church because we're under christ mm. and we're in him yeah. um and this is a as a, as a reminder uh, for us for our benefit to remember what he's done to remember what he's coming back to do mm. um and so that the pressure's off in a sense because it's it's not 
I, I know that in the, in the Catholic Church, the minister, the vicar, or whatever, the priest has to finish the wine if no, if it's not yeah. finished. Yeah. But he only he, because it's so yeah. it's so sacred. We won't yeah. go into all the problems. That's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In the yeah. Catholic Church. Yeah. Yeah. But we're, it's 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 kind of freeing to not have to worry about that, and it just it gives you the opportunity to focus on Christ again instead of worrying about oh i just saw you know i saw that you know that that person's son or daughter's just taking it and that i know they're not christian yet you don't have to worry no, no. so much and, about and, that i'm sorry i know you want to move on to baptism but it, it's done in the church isn't it yes uh, um now of course there's times where there's someone who's ill and you go you go as a representative of the church to mm. that person's home and you might take um you know uh, the Lord's table or the, the communion and stuff, but it is done as a church, and I think this is important because I remember being in a church. Um, uh, I was the preacher at the, at the church, and uh, this was a church where a lot of older people would turn up uh, when when the Lord's supper was taken, mm. um, and only then. Right. So they didn't come, and I remember sitting next to this lady and said, "Oh, I have never seen you here before, even though I was one of the preachers <laughs> of the church." And she said, oh, I only come for communion. And I said, oh, okay. And we we would have a fellowship meal afterwards. Mm. Uh, and I said, um, oh, are you coming to the fellowship meal? No, I wouldn't go to anything like that. It, it, I, I, I'm not into that sort of thing. It's terrible. <laughs> and so I said to her, well, you, I'm asking you not to take the Lord's Supper then. Mm. Because if you don't want fellowship with us, mm. I mean, if there was a physical reason she couldn't come, that's yeah. obvious. But yeah, yeah. she did not want to come wasn't interested in church as a place of fellowship, mm. just wanted to take this magical communion. Yeah. Yeah. And so I said, I think I'm asking you not to take it. And she went bonkers and um, I won't go into what happened. But, um, you know, th that is wrong. Mm. It's done in the context of fellowship. My own belief is that that it should really be all eating together. Mm. And as we eat together, and I think you get that in, because Paul says in 1 Corinthians, some of you mm -hmm. are eating uh, too much. You're pushing ahead and eating at, mm. at the Lord's Supper. You should go and eat at home mm. if you're hungry. Yep. So it seems... Or getting drunk, you know. Yes, yeah. So it seems that there was some kind of fellowship meal that this was taken at. Yep. And, and therefore much more like the Passover meal where you're eating together and then Jesus takes these elements. Yep. So I, I, I'm, I'm convinced you take the element, you take mm. you know, the, the wine and the, and the bread. Yep. Uh, it's not just eating a burger, yep. but it's, it's, it's um, at that fellowship meal. So the point I'm trying to make is we mustn't separate this mm. from the fellowship of the church. Mm. It's not just a religious thing you do individually it is a church thing yeah. yeah yeah and it's the same with baptism isn't it um baptism is you know it, it is it is an expression that somebody has become an individual's life has been changed yeah but it's also being baptized into a new community isn't it so you're baptized really into the church and that's why we have had people before who've, who've just wanted who we haven't known uh, not really known anything about, and they've wanted because they have some connection to Kingston to come and be baptized, mm. and but not to join the church. Mm. And there might be some circumstances where we we would do something like that. So if a you know if, if an international is about to be deported or whatever, and yeah, um, we, we have you know, done that. Yeah, yeah. okay, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but, but that's but, for but, fellowship with them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But but broadly speaking, 
you know, it's like when Jesus, you know, says, go into all the world, make disciples of all nations, baptizing and teaching. You know, it's part of becoming a disciple mm. and taking on the teaching of Christ with the people of Christ. So it is both individual, but into a corporate uh, thing. Oh, yeah. Now we're, 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 well, we're a Baptist church, um, in this, but we're not part of the Baptist union or anything like that, but we're Baptist in terms of our practice. Um, why, why is that? And what does that mean? Well, I mean, we don't call ourselves a Baptist church, <laughs> no. uh, um, but we baptize believers. Yeah. So it's not adult baptism. It's believing baptism. Mm. Uh, and if someone can give, uh, a, 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 a credible sort of uh, testimony that they've they, they trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and they want to follow Him, um, mm. and they uh, they're already baptized with the Holy Spirit, mm. and therefore uh, we're going to recognize that and mm. baptize them into into fellowship with us and to recognize what Christ has already done to them. Mm. So yeah, we don't baptize uh, babies, um, uh, you know, automatically as some 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 do. Uh, it's it's believers' baptism, really. It's not. I mean, some people say, "Oh, you believe adult baptism." It's not. It's, it's believers' baptism. Yes, yeah, so you don't get baptized just by virtue of being over yeah. eighteen or whatever. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, and why? Because that's what the Bible teaches. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's interesting here. I mean, we've we've upset all the Catholics. Yeah, now. yeah. It's upset all <laughs> the, the Presbyterians yeah, and the Anglicans. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're circling in, <laughs> getting people to agree with us, and then <laughs> yeah. Um, um, in, in, in Acts chapter 2, verse, verse 38, Peter says, repent and be baptized. Mm. Uh, it's interesting that when Jesus started preaching, he said, repent and believe the good news. Mm. And so there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a mirror there almost that baptism entails believing. You know, repent and believe was Jesus's message. Peter's message is repent and be baptized. But it, he, he, he's preaching the same message as Christ. Peter's not preaching a different message to Christ, is he? Mm. Um, and in repentance, you have a sort of belief anyway, don't you? you? How could you repent if you don't believe? Is repent and be baptized. It's not just simply be baptized, you know. So there has to be a, a form of repentance to go along with it. Um, otherwise, what are you, why are you being baptized? What what's going on there? Um, so they're really, really closely linked, um, and you can't separate them. I don't think. Yeah, I mean, I think if you take passages like Romans 6 and you see how baptism is, is linked to uh, union with Christ and death and resurrection, and the word baptism is mixed in with all of that language, you know, the, 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 the clear teaching there is that baptism, you know, uh, belongs with the reality it signifies. You know, so you, 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 know, you can't have a, a sign of something that isn't a reality. So it, it's when someone goes into the water and comes out... It's a sign, not that they might in the future or hopefully will one day, but have in fact been, you know, united with Christ, died and risen. And that baptism is a way of saying, I want to publicly um, testify to something that God has done in my heart. I want to use this as an opportunity to give thanks for a reality which I now experience, mm. you know. And so it's a sign, isn't it? And then, as you say, in the New Testament, you know, it is always linked with repentance, you know, faith, forgiveness of sins. It is a sign of something that, that has already happened. Um, and so that's why we think that baptism, you know, belongs to those who have... Mm. Now, there are all kinds of questions and churches will differ about, um, well, how, you know, how soon after conversion should you baptize someone? Mm. Is there a minimum age in which... Some, yes. And people can differ on those kind of things, and that's fine, and we're not going to... Uh, you know, fall out about that, but um, you know, but fundamentally, it is for those who want to 
testify to the thing which already has been accomplished in their own in their own lives isn't it mm, mm-hmm, um, mm. yeah yeah so baptism doesn't make a christian yeah uh, which which again is is a sort of catholic thing isn't mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. and uh, and, and you know some of the baptism i mean I, i've been to baptism services where they talk about surrogate repentance don't they so uh, you have the um uh what are they called you know the the other the other parents um yeah, god um, god, god, god parents god yeah. parents and they yes. they say on behalf of the child i repent yeah uh and i have uh, uh, you know become a christian mm. and it's, it's i was asked to do that and mm. i couldn't do that because mm. it was like what mm. Uh, mm. how can i repent for someone else mm. um mm. you know so yeah yeah so do we would we encourage those who've been baptized as babies to be to be back or or have had that done as a baby to be baptized again well, we we had that fairly recently didn't we? <laughs> yes, some so members yes, some quite important members perhaps yeah. even an elder in the church um <laughs> I, I think you leave it down to people's consciences, don't you? Um, and uh, you, you, I think we explain what we believe from Scripture. Um, and like we said, it doesn't make a Christian. So if someone's baptized as a baby, lives a Christian life and dies, they're not going to be excluded from glory, are they? No. Um, but it's, it's, it's for the benefit of the church and the world in many ways, as, as much as it's a benefit for them, because they're standing up, particularly if they've got family who aren't Christians, what an amazing public declaration mm. that you would get into water before mm. lots of other people mm. and proclaim Christ is your Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, so and, and it's used, isn't it, as partly uh, for your security, that you can go back and remember yeah. your mm. baptism. You can remember yeah. uh, the time where you publicly made that commitment to christ it's yeah. a, a and you deliberately did that so yeah. it's a very very helpful thing yeah. in the whole area of assurance mm. yeah mm. i mean i think for me so i was i was baptized as, a, as an infant mm. um and then when i was when i was converted and then confirmed mm. um and uh, when i was converted you know um I, I you know i came to the realization over time you know it wasn't an instant thing that that actually that was not what whatever happened there was not a baptism. Mm. Um, now my parents um, are believers and they love the Lord and they they did what they thought Absolutely. was right and yeah. they, they that was their way of saying we are committing him to the church. We mm. want him to grow in church and know the Lord and love the Lord and that's how we're going to bring him up. Mm. And so that's so to to be baptized again as a believer was in no way you know trying to. Um, rebuke them for no. for that because they did they absolutely acted according to their scriptural mm. convictions about uh, and the and the church that they were in that's fine mm. but, but I, I was think, ba- I was baptized as a yeah. when I was baptized and part of my baptism was repenting of of, <laughs> of, of what my <laughs> yeah. parents had done for me yeah. so we have different uh, yeah yeah you know, no I mean you know no. it was partly saying that didn't, didn't yes. make, make yes. me a Christian yeah um, yeah. But we, we, we have, you know, we have people yeah. uh, in the church. We don't make, I mean, you were even, I think, working for the church. Yeah. And I'd never put pressure on you no, to be, no, no. To be uh, no. baptized. No. Because, because what we want is people to grow, isn't it? Yeah. We want people to come to their own convictions. We're yeah. not a cult. No, and, and, and actually in our yeah. membership course, so the membership course we have, we say exactly that. So mm. we say, look, you know, we, we, we do believe that baptism belongs to believers. It's a sign for believers. But if you are convinced that infant baptism uh, is yes. right from the Bible, then we are not going to exclude you from a full life as yeah. a member in this no. church. Brilliant. You can yeah. participate in everything. Um, but we do make the point that it ought to be a scriptural conviction, don't we? So, yes. so in other words, you know, 
it can't just because you you kind of it happened to you and you vaguely believe that that's probably the right thing you know we that we're absolutely we're not going to exclude anyone for that but you ought to you know be in your conscience settled Mm. that that's a biblical thing Mm. um and uh you know and that's fine isn't it uh yeah to have that yeah um yeah, I mean, I don't know. We're, we're running out of time. We were, we were going to well, have a look at Colossians well, too. I, I think I it's think, worth just. Having I, a quick, I think a it quick is. One. And yeah. so, so one of the things that people would say, I mean, and this is this is the argument. I, I think that lots of infant Baptist um, uh, supporters, believers, uh, argue is that it's 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 continuous with the whole Bible story. So if you look at something like um, Romans four, you've got Abraham. And Abraham uh, was, is a man of faith. He believes in the promises of God, is credited righteous by God because of his faith, and then is given the sign and the seal of faith, which is circumcision. And then when you look back in the Old Testament, you see that that very same sign was not just applied to Abraham, who had faith, but also to Isaac, who could not, at the tender age that he was, have, have had the same trust in God's promises. And so they say, look, you see, the sign of the covenant belongs both to the believers and properly to to believers children and you know this is not you know this is a massive sort of argument really and there's not, not a l- lots of time to do it but but um for me it seems that, that there's a good in that in that it's recognizing a continuity between the covenants but i think where it goes wrong is it, it misses the fundamental discontinuity that also exists between um the old and the new covenant and if you take something like colossians 2 I think um, I think it is, is very helpful. So in Colossians 2, verse 11, it says, Paul is writing to the church, in him, and he's talking about Christ, you were also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands. And so now we're thinking in Old Testament um, circumcision language, circumcision not performed by human hands. That would be the circumcision we would find in the Old Testament. Then he says, your whole self ruled by the flesh was put off when you were circumcised by Christ. So now we're seeing that the New Testament equivalent of Old Testament circumcision is the circumcision done by Christ. You know, where Christ, by his spirit, through the gospel, cuts away the sinful nature of our hearts, puts it to death, and brings about a new person, new man or a new woman. And then verse 12, having been buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. So now we're seeing that, 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 that baptism and faith and spiritual resurrection belong with this circumcision of the heart. So when the heart has been circumcised by the spirit of God, then a sign that that has happened is, is, is baptism. So I would think that's the parallel. It's not that um, baptism baptism replaces circumcision mm. circumcision of the heart replaces circumcision and baptism is a sign that that's happened mm. that's a kind of that would be a sort of potted go at brilliant it, but I think yeah that's, um, absolutely go with that yeah yeah, yeah. And, and that might explain so um i don't want to open a new kettle of fish here but um uh some people will say that when you're baptized that's when you receive the holy spirit but actually mm. from that passage there's a circumcision of the heart that goes on. Mm, that's the which, baptism which, of the spirit. Which will be the baptism of the spirit. Yeah. And yeah. then you're baptized um, as a sign of what's already happened in yeah. you. Yeah. Um, as opposed to the, the moment of baptism uh, and sort of being the, being the moment that the spirit... Mm. Uh, so being you. baptized by the spirit 
is the same as coming to Christ. Yeah. It's the same sort of language. Here he uses the word um, circumcised by Christ. Mm-hmm. He could have, I suppose, put, you know, baptized by the Spirit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So baptism of the Spirit is definitely becoming a Christian. Mm-hmm. So it's not become a Christian, yep. then baptized phys- physically or yep. whatever it is, and at that moment you might get the baptism of the Spirit, yep. or become a Christian, get the baptism of the Spirit, then be baptized, yeah. or be baptized, yep. then you might get baptized by the Spirit Later and on. might become a Christian. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you want to Which draw... Is what you've just said, mm, isn't it? Mm, yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. what I, I think what we need to say, though, is um, uh, that these are very important things that God's given, mm. and churches may do things slightly differently and absolutely fine, uh, but they're all about church. Yes. Uh, they're not done individually outside of uh, church. Um, and if as people ha- haven't been baptized, if mm. you're a Cornerstone member and you haven't been baptized mm. um, uh, in this way, mm. well, come on, let's mm. baptize you. Mm. Yeah. If you're trusting in Christ, mm. publicly admit it. Mm. Um, uh, and uh, if you, wonderful, if, yeah, go on. Sorry, no. And if you're not taking communion, mm. if you're not, uh, uh, you know, this is communion. It's not. Don't do it on your own. Mm. Uh, this is communion. Mm. Um, uh, then come, mm. uh, because this is really important. Mm. Um, because we're reminding ourselves together mm. as a God's people. These are really important things, mm. and they're wonderful. And they are wonderful because they yeah. picture God's total graciousness to us. I mean, my mm. my. You know, Laura, my wife, she, she, I mean, largely was converted because she attended a baptism. Right. Yeah. Uh, she went to a baptism of a friend who'd become a Christian. She, she saw it all, heard the gospel preached, saw this life transformed. The, the visual demonstration of that mm. was given a little tract and, and took it home and, and prayed that she would, she would be forgiven. Brilliant. And uh, so a baptism was, was because it's all about God. Yes. It's all about God, isn't it? Yeah. And, uh, so it's a wonderful thing. Just one little phrase. Was, I just remember. Yeah. Uh, there was a, there was an Irish preacher called <laughs> W.P. Nicholson. <laughs> he was a great preacher. Yeah. Um, and uh, he, uh, he was pre- he's Presbyterian um, because he was Northern Irish and uh, he would preach and he would often say, you can be baptized, catechized, vaccinated and still not be a Christian. (laughs) (laughs) And then he'd call people to Christ. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Brilliant. Okay, that was ordinances. Hope that was helpful um, for you. And uh, if you've got any feedback, any questions, do let us know. And we're going to be thinking about the letter P and we're going to be talking about the doctrine of providence next time. And so, as as ever, as I said at the beginning, uh, do go onto our website and our, our other channels on social media and youtube and uh, do do download listen to whatever's whatever's helpful